morning to you then. Thank you so much for choosing J101.9 FM. You're on to the show. Let's talk. It is the first day in the month of May 2023. As I will always say, allow me welcome you into another new dispensation, another new day to look out for the sun while it shines in the sky. Also, another day for you to, you know, set out goals and set out aspirations and be intentional about them. And I'm hoping that some of the things that we're hoping that are intentional are the way the government treats its citizens. I hope that they treat them with good intentions. But um, that's not what many Nigerians can't say for now with the, new, with the administration going and maybe for the new one coming in. I don't think presidentially Nigerians are looking forward to May 29th, but I'm sure definitely sure that they are looking forward to May 29th for the new administration in the state to come in but I don't think they are looking forward for that of um, the presidential. Well anyway it's a beautiful day. Welcome to the show my name is Abigail Seaman and I'm not alone. I'm joined by Mikhail Misi. Mikhail, lovely morning to you. Good morning Abigail. Good morning to all our listeners. Our listeners all over the world. Um, it's good to be here again. Let's talk first day of May um, like we said before, it's a new month, a new dispensation, a chance to right the wrongs, a chance to, you know, make all of the plans you had for the, when the year started and bring them to fruition. Um, hey, um, it's Workers' Day. Unfortunately for us, we are not part of the workers that can, that can go on break on Workers' Day. But it's also important that, you know, on this day, you know, we look at what the government has done, you know, from the state to the federal level. Look at the progresses they've made. Um, look at the goods and the bads. And if you are going, if you are going to be honest with ourselves, a lot of the conversations on the streets do not exactly, you know, speak well of the government. For the state, for example, um, a lot of people last year, I remember, you know, we had a lot of, you know, workers in the state, you know, complaining and even going on strike, you know, because of unpaid salaries, you know, yes, I think recently, even though the rumors are unconfirmed, you know, TROC and the Teachers Association, you know, of Nigeria, talking about, you know, fees to be paid, as to strike, you know, all through, you know, months and months last year, um, you know, we also saw, um, you know, guys at, at the, um, what do you call it now, the, the guys that works at the airports, you know, go on strike as well. So it's gone from one strike to the next. It's, I would say it's been a lot of mess because for every economy, you always go through this process. You'll always be aggrieved parties wanting to get their voices heard, their needs met and all of that. But when you have situations like this, you know, one too many, it leaves a sore taste in the mouth. And I think, you know, if we are, going to be truthful to ourselves um, the government has not particularly done well but i think more than just the government doing well there's also you know the place of the citizens doing their part like mm. we are saying this morning you know yeah. when we have ghost workers you know flooding the civil service you, you you expect that people who are quick to throw stones at the government and condemn the government for being corrupt for not doing their part of the job should at least have the moral temerity to at least uphold their end of the bargain but here we are uh, we are people like they always say who haven't taken off the log from their eyes taken off the speckle of their eyes once they cover the local mother person's eyes but it's good to be here again and hopefully let me retreat this chelsea does not lose tomorrow because if they do <laughs> i'll be here to remind them good morning people good morning and this morning we're joined by mr silas patrick dunk um who is a, an advocate for social good and um, good governance good <laughs> a lovely morning to you welcome to the show this morning good morning and thank you so much for having me um, happy new month and happy workers day to you also, um, we're joined by Mr. Clement Selvong, who is a lecturer with the Department of History and International Studies right here in Unit Joss, University of Joss. A lovely morning to you and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. 
So let's begin the conversation. Um, we're going to have two conversations or two main focus here. We'll look at the transition committee and we'll also look at the scorecard of the government when it comes to workers' welfare. And I will begin with you, Mr. Silas, um, both nationally and in the States, uh, when it comes to workers' welfare. Since we're having the Workers' Day today, would you say that the workers have been um, treated fairly or squarely as they should be treated? Well, once again, thank you, Abigail and Emeka, for having me. Uh, there is no time you would ever treat a worker uh, that he will be satisfied. The reason is uh, an average Nigerian worker uh, puts in so many hours at work. And when you look at what he takes home at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, it does not really, uh, you know, commensurate with the number of hours you put in, uh, in a day. I mean, a Nigerian average worker gets to work for a minimum of eight hours if you are to be a civil servant. Yeah. And... Um, for those who are even in the private sector, it's even way more than that. And by the end of the day, when you look at the remunerations, when taxes and everything are taken out, mm-hmm. uh, they take home, they call it, does not really take you home. So I'm not sure that um, uh, the worker in Nigeria uh, would want to celebrate today as one day that, well, he knows that between him and the government, uh, there's been this fantastic relationship where uh, people are giving what is actually due them, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily having to beg. Uh, there's, for me, uh, nothing to celebrate except for the public holidays uh, that we get to enjoy on days like this. Uh, if you look back, uh, you just know that um, we are in a country, in a society where uh, the government uh, just feel uh, you're doing your job. You know, and because we're your paymasters, we dictate or tell you what exactly you will earn. Mm-hmm. So the worker today shouldn't be one who is celebrating uh, anything, in my opinion, because there is absolutely nothing to celebrate. People are just working just because they want to leave their homes, but not working because, look, at the, at the end of the day, uh, I'll, I'll be satisfied that what I am putting in is what I, I get back or even more. All right. Well, let's let's turn the mirror quickly. Um, let me come to you, uh, Mr. Clement. For some people, a lot of people have a notion of civil servants and how they, they are lackadaisical attitude to work and how they actually do behave. Do you feel like um, the way they behave is uh, commensurate with how much they get paid? Or would you say that um, it, it, it shouldn't be looked at that way? They should still be giving their wages irrespective of if they show up at work or not or if they get the job done or not? All right. I will like, um, say there are two perspectives. Okay. One, the way they are treated by their employers mm-hmm. makes some of the civil servants to have this lackadaisical attitude toward work. You come to work late. You close before the time. If you're supposed to be there at 8, you get there at 9.30. Mm-hmm. If you're supposed to close by 4, you close by 2 or 3. So some of those things could be because of the remuneration the person is getting. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. Then... On the other part, there could be somebody that is well remunerated but still has the lackadaisical attitude in him. So that one is an individual attitude. Mm-hmm. So we have those categories there, those that even if you give them that, what they demand from you as yeah. their employer, mm-hmm. they will still show the lackadaisical attitude. Well, there are those that if you give them a little bit more than what you are giving them now, they will give you better attitude. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said. Listen to perspectives. Why well, don't you think that um, when um, giving appointments or even getting them to 
um, be in office, you'd the the employer checks all those things to see who would be putting in the work and who wouldn't be putting in the work. Because it seems like on the role payroll, everybody's there, ghost workers, contractors, even those that don't even get the job done. Do you think that it's from the point of the employer should take more um, cognizance um, or also maybe be more focused or be more careful when picking people who would work in the civil service? Well, um, I don't think it's being more focused or careful. The problem is in mm. Nigeria and Africa, this part of the world, most of the countries in Africa are countries that have intellect that come together and bring out policies, mm. beautiful policies for the workforce, education, all ministries. But our biggest problem is the willpower to implement those wonderful policies. Mm. Because somebody has said, if policies were what make nations develop, Africa will be the most developed continent on earth because we always come up with beautiful policies. So the same thing here in Nigeria, the government, they employ people. Yes, you carry out a test. You go for interviews. They ask you questions. You want to work in the Ministry of Education? They need to see your certificate. Where are you trained? Mm. Do you have the qualification to be able to impart knowledge on others? And then they bring you in. It means you're qualified. So now the problem is the employer does not have the willpower to implement policies and laws in that particular field. Mm. So if you don't do that, if Mr. A goes off the track, today I come late and there's no action taken, tomorrow I'll come late again. And my other colleague too will come late too. But if I come late today and I am being suspended from office for two weeks yeah. and at the end of a month, I get half pay, mark my words, the following month, I'll come to work 30 days a month. Mm. Simple. Mm. <laughs> With the Nigerian, Nigerian <laughs> attitude. Uh, uh, um, I was going to ask you before I come to right. Mr. Silas. Um, yeah. you, you've talked about the carrot and stick approach towards productivity. Exactly. But is it possible that the, and this is, you know, from an ethical point of view, is it possible that the lack of productivity, one, is a, is a function of our labor laws not being good enough? Because when you look at, you know, people that work for, let me, I don't want to share a type, setting, okay. setting foreigners in this country, okay, okay. how they are treated, it is terrible unspeakable and things happen to them. The laws do not protect them. The people who do the job, like you said, sometimes don't get paid well. And then you look at the, quote-unquote, the political class that might not even put in as much hours as you do at work getting paid. Don't you think it's more of the head being a rotting thing than the people not just wanting to work? Like like everybody has said, every every leadership person we see, it starts from the top. What's your take on that? All right. Well, um... I uh, want to um, differ from that school of thought. Okay. Because, yes, a, a school of thought has been there that always says, once the top is good, the rest must be good. It's not true. It's not true. There are evidences abound around the world where we have leaders at the top that are excellently good, but still the bottom has problems. Let's go back to South Africa. Nelson Mandela, incarcerated for 27 years. Paper was given to him each year sign that when you move out, you will not fight for the people's liberation and you'll be free. And he refused for 27 years. He didn't sign. Leader with character. But then when he became president, when he was released, first democratically elected president in South Africa, 1994, he started ruling, bringing out good policies, but some of the people at the bottom were not implementing them well. There was still corruption, truncating some of his policies. After one tenure, on his own, he left and stepped aside. People say, ah, you're a good leader. You've struggled for this country 27 years in jail. Continue. You can rule for life. He said, no. There are people that have more knowledge and better delivery than me in South Africa. 
let any of them be given a chance. He went aside. That is leadership. But even at that time, what I was telling you, when he was there, he was bringing policies to carry everybody along, the blacks and the whites that were in South Africa. He said the blacks should not retaliate the negative things the white did to them during the apartheid regime. But some people were still, some blacks were still maltreating whites. He can't be at the same, at all the places at the same time. So there are times when the leadership will be good, but the followership is still bad. But then, in Africa, yes, let's say on percentage basis, we could say 70% when the leadership is bad, followership turns bad. But there are a few instances, 10, 15 to 20%, when the leadership at the top will be good, but the bottom is still rotten. All right. Um, on, on the issue of the labor laws, you think we have enough labor laws protecting workers in the country? Yeah. I want to tell you that we have enough. Because most, if you go back to the Nigerian constitution, the constitution itself, the holy book that sees the running of each country on earth is called constitution. And in Nigerian constitution, there are laws giving welfare of workers adequately captured in the constitution. And the labor laws in Nigeria also borrowed from the international United Nations law, uh, labor laws, particularly laws of wages. And in the Constitution of Nigeria, it's enshrined. Wages of workers are supposed to be reviewed every five, five years. It's in the Constitution. So the laws are there. But for us, particularly, let's say the uh, Citadel of Learning, the tertiary institutions in Nigeria, particularly the universities, we have been on the same salary scale for 14 consecutive years. So the law is there. Every five years, review wages of workers based on current economic realities. That's what the Constitution says. Clearly, every five, five years, sit down and look at current economic realities and review workers' wages. If the economy is okay, you could review the wages a little. If the economy is even, things are below expectations, you can even bring down the wages. Or you, if the economy is bad, you take up the wages to be able to meet the inflation the economy. Yes. But I'm telling you, the universities in Nigeria have been on the same salary scale, not a single penny added since 1999. That agreement that was signed between us and the federal government. All the strikes that have taken place from 1999 till today at the tertiary institution, university level, is because of that agreement being breached by the government. But it's there in the constitution, five, five years. So we were supposed to have had a salary increase in 2013. Yes. 2013. This end of April. Beautiful. To, I'm coming to, there. Okay. Let me take you there. Mm. In 2013, civil servants got a pay rise. Oh, and it was taking something called nationally 18,000 minimum wage. Yeah. It was given to workers. End of 2012, early 2013. All federal civil servants got, except universities. They didn't get a penny. In 2018, Buhari signed another law and implementation started 2019. And they call that one 30,000 naira minimum wage. Federal civil servants and others got ASU, not a penny till today. This year, April, we just got paid last week. And it was still the same salary of 1999, 2009 agreement, 2009. Mm. The agreement was signed in 2009. So the first review was 2013, five years later. And second review, 2018, five years later. This year, 2023, we're supposed to have had the third review, but we've not had a penny till today. So the law is there. But the government is violating it. All right, Mr. Sanders, I was going to come to you. Uh, here in the States, which you are very much aware of, um, civil servants have had their fair share of bad days. No, bad months even, you know. 
no salaries not being paid, the ones that are being paid are being delayed. I've also heard stories of people saying, this is not the amount I normally collect. What happened? For the state in the last seven plus years, eight years, you know, because you're already in May, how would you rate the state government in terms of welfare of civil service? Especially given that, you know, when the government came into power, one of the things it was known for, it's, you know, biggest flex was that it paid civil servants early, aka a large governor. But you know, um, <laughs> I think the, I think the I think the I think the beeping of the alarm started to reduce as, as as the years went by. Um, your assessments of you know the state government's welfare of civil servants. Well, uh, like the saying goes, I think that um, uh, while I want to align my thoughts with my brother here in the studio uh, on uh, the five-year salary review, uh, I, I do not know why you know the federal government uh, don't keep to their own promises. Uh, but I need to also say that the problem we are facing in Nigeria is not the absence of law. Exactly. We have laws that covers virtually everything we do in this country. Emeka, I can assure you, seated here, that if you know the laws that the Nigerian police force are supposed to you know, ensure that this, uh, I mean, are implemented, you'll be shocked. Don't pray you're arrested one day. <laughs> you'll be shocked at what they'll read out to you. Because the Nigerian police force can check virtually every aspect of your life. That's why they can stop a vehicle and check even vehicle particulars. They can check virtually everything about the car, extinguisher, the, the laws that, you know, establishes the Nigerian police force are just there. And then, but the problem I think we have is that because we don't even have these laws to read them, a whole lot of Nigerians don't know they exist. And that's why we'll sit down here and say, uh, perhaps there are no laws that, you know, guide such, uh, you know, policies. Uh, having said that, uh, your question is to whether the Plateau State Civil Servant has enjoyed uh, a fantastic working relationship with the government. I yes. want to sum it in that way, even though the question didn't come directly as I'm saying it. Um, I'll say no. Uh, here's why I'll say no. Um, when you look at the uh, minimum wage implementation, I fault the idea where a federal government would just announce salary reviews for state in a, in a federal system. Uh, it is not done anywhere. Uh, states are supposed to have their salary scale or wages uh, based on their capacities. For a state like Plato, what is their IGR? Why are they going to be forced by a federal government to uh, just, say, review their salaries? when they cannot pay. While I also agree that uh, a laborer is deserved, you know, of his wages, but the truth is, do they really deserve these wages? What happened to the other people in the society that are not civil servants? What are the policies government have put in place to be able to accommodate such people? Now, yes, when the current administration came into power, uh, one thing, like you said, uh, they were known for was uh, payments of salaries. And that was celebrated like it was the best achievement ever. <laughs> now, <laughs> you cannot be paying salaries to your own workers, and you see that as an achievement. Why are you there in the first place? You're there to work, ensure that these civil servants implement your policies because they are the so-called technocrats in the system. So for you to have good governance, you need this set of people 
to be part of the system. So when the clamor or when the praises come, uh, oh, you're the fantastic, you're the best governor, uh, you're not the governor who has achieved all of that. The civil servants were a part of it because they implement these policies. So relationship between these two, in the last eight years, that you limited. Uh, I would say it's not been too good. Uh, some may just pretend that Governor Allard has been very, you know, magnanimous in paying uh, salaries, which I don't celebrate anywhere. Uh, but you also have to take a look at these salary payments that we have so celebrated in Plateau State. Is it true they have been paid their salaries as I went to? What is the current situation? Because the government is still in place. I'm aware that Plasu is being owed salaries. Yes. yes. We protested several times. I'm aware that Plateau State Polytechnic have been owed salaries. These are state civil servants. They also are putting in their best to ensure that things go well. So why are you not paying these people? Are pensions being paid in Plateau State to date? The answer is no. So you cannot say you have a safety net for someone who is going to put in 35 years of his life. America, even the Bible, I'm a Christian. You're supposed to spend 70 years, 70 years on earth. Any other thing, like we say in our local partners, is jada. And 35 out of these 70 years, you're going to put them working for government. And at the end of the day, you don't get paid your pension. So that safety net that you are working for is not guaranteed that at the end of the day, you're going to get it. So how do you even put in your best? And that's why when he was talking uh, that other workers don't get to put in the maximum eight hours that I spoke about in my intro, uh, I was just shaking my head because to a very large extent, that's true. Mm -hmm. But because they don't get what they deserve at the end of the day. So they cut corners, excuse themselves, go do other private businesses so they can complement what comes to them at the end of the month. You can't have a parent who's got five or six children relying solely on what government is going to pay him at the end of the day. If I were to be a child of a man who works with the Plateau State University, for instance, and he's not been paid for three, four months, mm. your guess will be as good as mine because you know what I will be doing. Sure. My dad will also try to see how he can leave Get. that environment to mm -hmm. go elsewhere and source for money to pay my school fees if I were sure. to be in school. And we also need to be fed at home. So there are so many factors that you can put side by side and say, look, this uh, administration in terms of payment of salaries and what is actually due to workers uh, is not commensurate. It's not what you can sit here and begin to clap for them. All right. Um, my other question is the economic reality on ground. Um, a lot of times when we look at the budget of the state, of the federal government, a bulk of it is used to pay salaries. Um, there is a school of thought. We, all, we, Of course, I think everybody here, maybe not everybody, but I think three of us here, I'm sure, agree that you know the cost of governance is a lot and we need to cost the cost of governance. Do you share the school of thought that we have too many civil workers doing nothing? Therefore, we are spending too much money on people who are doing the barest minimum. If you cut down those numbers and make sure, I don't want to use you know, Twitter example because that would, that would be too much, and cut down the number of civil servants you have, ensure that the system is as lean and effective as possible. You have enough money to pay the people who are supposed to be paid well, and that you know, fills you up with money to also do other things. You share a school of thought. Okay, uh, let me come from this perspective of life. Um, Emeka, you cannot just begin to look at how to downsize in a system where the economy itself is not robust and is not helping the citizen. If we were to have a lot of businesses that were working in Nigeria, uh, you can actually begin to look at a lean civil service. 
But where you have government as the biggest employer of labor, you're going to expect that a lot of people want to end their school and hope to work with government. Because for them, uh, that's where they are guaranteed of uh, payments, uh, what you now call job security. If I'm sure that the economy is good, I would rather want to graduate from school and go start some business. You see, we love to put in things in our system that we don't get to implement at the end of the day. Uh, I know some time back, I can't quite remember if it was during President Goodluck Jonathan or uh, the twilight days of President Olusegun Obasanjo. Um, we, they introduced what we call entrepreneurial uh, you know, courses uh, within the university system yes. uh, so that at the end of the day, when you're living the university system, uh, you already know uh, what you can do at the end of the day. But you would believe or you would agree with me that that has not been the case. I'm not even sure if that uh, course <laughs> is taking on its own. Uh, that, I, I don't know. Yeah, okay, uh, I, I would love to answer that question. <laughs> why, why, why we're laughing is because I was just talking about a few days back um, how I used to have a lecturer who teaches uh, entrepreneurship back at school who just comes and reads um, the handout and she's out, and, and that's that's the end of the uh, end of the class. Good. So, so these are some of the uh, issues we we, we we battle with, and then you you would look at these factors, right? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> sometimes. So you don't make other people feel bad. Yeah. Uh, we must come to terms with reality. Okay. Uh, let me take, for instance, the recent employment by the Plateau State government. I'm aware, I'm sure we'll get to talk about that in the course of the show yeah. today, yeah. that about 3,000 people have been employed by this same government that is exiting in the next 28 days. Yeah. Now, about 3,000 of them have been captured in the system. And you begin to ask, what went wrong from... May 29, 2015, that forms were sold. Now, mark my words. Forms for employment were sold, and people bought these forms. Mm. Uh, people also paid for job interviews in this state. Hold on, hold on. Paid for job for, interviews. To be interviewed. You pay, of course, because if you're going to go for an interview where the CBT is going to be used, it's not for free. It doesn't belong to government. Government pays those CBT centers to carry out this uh So you pay for test. interviews. So you're virtually paying for it because it's not free. Now, these are some of the, uh, the things that we, we, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that sometimes when we sit down to talk governance, uh, a lot of people feel, uh, look, we're talking about it from the political perspective. Uh, you know, as bad as that may sound uh, to some of us who actually are advocates of good governance, uh, we still will have to say the truth the way it is. No matter who is hot, we don't care. If the system is going to function right, it should function. Uh, not necessarily having to overheat the policy. Oh, you're from the other side of the political party uh, because your party is not in government or power. Uh, this is what you have to say. Because it is only those who are outside, unfortunately, in Nigeria that seem to see things that are wrong with the system. Once you are in power, it means what you need at the moment is taken care of so you don't care what happened outside governance. True. So you're in a country, again, where you have... Uh, recurring expenditure always higher than capital, capital expenditure. expenditure. Now, the capital expenditure we always advocate to see happen in our budget system. It's not because we want to see flyovers, uh, you know, constructed everywhere in the country. No, of no. Not. it's because we want to have a robust economy where a thousand naira should be able to take you to a mall for shopping. If you sit here in Mecca and I give you a thousand dollar, you know what a thousand dollar can fetch you if you live in the U.S. Can the same be said about a thousand naira in Nigeria? Ten thousand sure even. From here <laughs> to your house, you spend over a thousand naira. 
in a country where so much is given in terms of resources, natural resources that we enjoy in this country. I am not sure there's any country in the world that has what Nigeria, you know, can brag. Here, just on the plateau, we have over 32 mineral resources that can be mined in commercial quantity. What are we doing about that? But because we have failed to put in policies in place that can actually see that work, everybody wants to end up as a civil servant because he believes that's where to get quick money. He's just talking about civil servants who don't come to work. Uh, it, those who don't come to work and leave, uh, who come to work, I beg your pardon, and leave before time, are those who don't get or have access to where they can steal from. Mm. The, the civil service is, unfortunately, uh, I, because I'm on air, I may not want to use such a word, but let me you know, paraphrase the word to say that it's the corrupt capital of any system in Nigeria. Mm. Here you are a civil servant. We can virtually sit here and tell how much a level 10 uh, civil servant earns. But you see a level, seven, a level 10 civil servant living a life of not even a director. Simply because he has found himself where there is cash that he can manipulate the system and steal from it. And that's not to say that those who are outside civil service don't steal. So you don't even need to go to school to know how to steal in this country. Mm. And that's why when people sit down and talk about education, 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 we say, no, education is beyond the four corners of the classroom. It is not about this paper qualification. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a friend on Saturday, yes, and I said, any job I'm going to seek for, in my CV, I will not put any school. I will not. I will not write this. I went to this school. No, 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 no. The only one I will write, and I will be proud to write, is my primary school certificate. <laughs> because I went to primary school in the 80s. The system was a little bit okay at that time. Mm -hmm. So I said, if you're not ready to work with this one, and the experience that I have gathered from what I'm going to put in my CV, don't give me, just ask me to leave. The moment you ask me for any such I'll say no. Because I have seen those with PhD stealing in government. I've seen those who, have, who are professors who cannot read election results. And you keep talking about education. What kind of education do we need in this country? Is it the paper qualification or the education that makes a system work? I think we need to start differentiating this, uh, you know, right. terms uh, in, in government. All right. I, I wanted to ask of um, some unfortunate incidences that we have, and I'll come to you, Mr. Clement, before right. I come to Mr. Silas. Uh, we're seeing that we're seeing this government move in the next 28 days, and we're going to be having a new administration coming. Um, for this government, I don't think right here on the plateau, um, the stories are not being um, read out really nicely, if I could put it that that way you, you would be expecting that at the end of the chapter you would have some um, happy ever after moments but we don't seem to be having the happy ever after moment um for you as a person um for the next government who that will be coming in how would you would you how would you want them to treat workers how would you want them in terms of governance what would you be expecting from them all right um take off point you should go back to the wages the workers on the plateau are receiving at the moment. Mm. They are under the 2019 implemented 30,000 naira minimum wage. So it means at the entry point into the state civil service, the person with the lowest qualification mm. should be able to go home with 30,000 in their kitty. Now, let's start from there. Today, the price of petroleum product, PMS particularly, yeah. 
different filling stations sell at different prices. But the range between 250 and 350 a liter. Yeah. And in Nigeria, the economy is a mono economy. So once something touches that vertebrae, the backbone holding the economy, petroleum products, the entire economy suffers. Mm. So now the prices of fuel has gone high. Everything else, Everything has, else. has gone high. Yeah. Landlords have doubled house rents. Taxi drivers, if you take a taxi from probably, let's say, Grand Sirius Junction to Terminals, last, last year was 150 naira. This year is 300 naira. So the cost of living has doubled. Yeah. But now the average civil servant in Plateau State, at the entry point, the lowest level, gets 30,000 a month. So which portion of that 30,000 is he going to use to pay house rent? If you are living in an apartment, probably let's say you pay annually 150,000. That's a very cheap apartment, 150,000 annually. If you collect 30,000 in a month, split 150 by 12. Each month you are supposed to pay about 7,000. From that, your small 30,000, you remove and give landlord. You mm. keep aside 7,000 for the landlord. Yeah. JED, just electricity distribution, bring you a bill. You've paid for a meter. And they said they are short of meters. They don't give you meter. And then each month they give you what is called estimated billing. And they give you a bill. Like in my neighborhood, I live close to Grand Cereals. Last week, everybody was shouting. Mm-hmm. Everybody got 19,000, 20,000 a month <laughs> on a line that is called the natural line. They have two lines in Nigeria. We have the 11 kV line that is supplying masses. Then we have the 33 kV line that supplies government houses and industrial areas. Yeah. 33 kV line. No, those people on 11 kV line, the line of the masses, their tariff is lower. It's 52 naira per kilowatt. But then those same people were giving 19, 20,000 a month. That is the highest form of corruption and injustice. Because I was a victim. Mm. I also use JED and they give me high bills. And I'm somebody that I fight for anything wrong in the world mm. with the last drop of my blood. So I had to go into a research. If a power company is exploiting you, what and what can you do? And I came up with wonderful findings. And I used those things, and it helped me. Now, there is a body called NEREC, N-E-R-C, Nigeria Electricity Regulatory Commission. They have an office here in Rayfield, mm. just before that um, uh, police station. If you are moving towards Zalmaganda, going to Rayfield. After the police station, you see it by your right. NEREC, the office is there. So because I did the research and I discovered them, I had to go to them. I, I am a subscriber to JED, and they keep giving me high bills. And I've installed solar in my house. I have nine solar panels on my roof. And a 3,000 watt inverter. It supplies me with electricity throughout the daytime. TV, deep freezer, everything is on solar. Only at night, when there is no uh, sun rays, I c- can use uh, JED if there's light. And most nights, they don't give us light. And then the month ends, and you give me a bill of 10, 20,000 to pay. I said, This is expectation. So, based on my research, I went to NEREC and I told them, These are my bills. This is it. I've written the company. So, NEREC rule says, First of all, when you have a complaint with the electricity distributor, write him. And give it to him officially in writing. When you give it to him, you wait for 30 days for him to respond. If he doesn't solve your problem after 30 days, then you can now write to NEREC. NEREC is like a regulatory body, like a court. They will invite the legislative company, invite the customer uh, who is aggrieved, and then they will listen to the case and settle it as a court. Mm. And I did that. I wrote JED. 
This my bill is too high. I have solar in my house. Send your staff to come and check my solar. It carries everything in the daytime. Only night times when there is light I use. And most nights we don't have light. I can't consume this. So you are over billing me. Do something about it. I took the letter, first one, waited for 30 days. They didn't respond. Wrote another one, three good letters. 90 days, no response. Mm. I gathered all those letters and I wrote a petition to NEREG and I submitted. NEREG now invited JED, invited me, went to NEREG office in here and it was like a court session. They are seated there at the half table. We are seated here. And they say, yes, the next case is between this. The secretary reads out. Mr. Clement Selbong versus JED, overbilling. He has stolen his house and they're overbilling him. And Nag, I, I was asked to state my case there at the tribunal. And I mentioned my case and JED was, okay, you've heard him. Why are you exploiting him? And in my, because of my research, I now discovered that JED has been given something by the relocation body, Nag. There is something called billing cap, billing cap method. If you are on 11 KV line, they have bands. They give you electricity based on number of hours. If you are on band A, they give you electricity 24 hours a day. If you're um, on band B, Mr. you get like Clement, 18 hours. Sorry that I have to cut you short on, on that one. I really would have because of want of time. Okay. Um, um, but let me come to Mr. Silas quickly. Um, we have um, when the old government is going out, where we call something we call declaration of assets, where they you know let us the this public know this is how this I is how I came. hundred cows. I came in one cow. I'm going back. It's only I'm one cow. One, one of the tires are not working. Yes, uh, maybe the engine is bad. Um, yes, but, I um, buy new engine. <laughs> some of the stories that we're hearing and. I don't know if um, you have backings to those stories of um, the government wanting to live with some things. And I don't know whether they're, they're expecting the new government to come in with new things. I don't know. Is that how it's supposed to be? Uh, it's interesting that you all know that uh, there's what we call a, a asset declaration. There's a form given to you by the Code of Conduct Bureau to fill in what you're coming to government with. And when you leave, uh, it is expected the same Code of Conduct Bureau will give you another form to tell them what you're living with. Yes. Then they go back to investigate. Mm. I'm not sure if that is done. Uh, because if that was the case, uh, then a lot of the people who get to leave uh, government at the end of their terms uh, would just move straight to jail. But having said that... Um, let me be very honest with you here. Like you said in your question, uh, these are allegations, and they are flying everywhere within the state. Mm -hmm. And some are actually very true. Uh, you can imagine uh, a government worker who should protect anything that has to do with the public mm -hmm. is one who is now looting them away. Uh, you remember we talked about uh, how the civil servants are not being taken care of by government. Yes. But I think it's also time for us to tell the civil servants that they are also part of the problem that we have in society. Mm. Uh, because a governor cannot steal without the civil servant. That's why I said yes. they are the ones that make the system work or does not work. work. Now, there's been so many uh, you know, talks around town, especially within uh, the government circles, about how certain public servants are looting away uh, government uh, equipment. Uh, I, I, and it's not just in one sector. Mm. Uh, we've heard even in government houses, uh, curtains have been removed. That mm -hmm. is as terrible, as low as that. As uh, the curtains. I, I mean, something you can actually go to the market and buy. Even though because curtains are expensive, Shao. Uh, well, it depends it, on the one you're on talking where about. They're, so they're how we say them. when you get the <laughs> curtain that befits you, you look at the size of your pocket, Emeka. You don't just go to buy a curtain that a yard is 50,000 naira. I want to live big. I have big plans in my life. My life. But when you get big that money, uh, you can do that because that is what you have worked for and you deserve to take care of yourself the way you do because you mm. work for this money. But you see, there are so many things that are ongoing. Now, what I think we should be doing, even as uh, 
citizens of the state. We should serve as watchdog. Anytime you get to hear, there is already an act in this country that says you can write government and ask to know what yes. exactly mm. is going. But, I don't know, but know how many Nigerians, Nigerians have used that, that mm. but it's a law in Nigeria. Uh, uh, I, I, also just, sorry, Mr. Sada, I also need to say that a lot of the time, there are no people who have written to the government and the government have gone silent. Then you go to court because it's going to be a very simple case in court to say, okay, the court has mandated that you respond to Mr. Emeka who has written to know what is happening in the Ministry of XYZ. Now, let me take, for instance, uh, a certain uh, sector of this uh, state. You recall virtually every guest you've had to bring on this station, including those who have who uh, were vying for offices in the last election. Yeah. I came to talk about ASTC. Why? Because we feel that is one aspect of our own life on the plateau that will employ a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. Because the, the agricultural training centers that are you know scattered across the state were meant to train farmers, uh, give them these seedlings. They will support them with, you know, uh, technical knowledge, so that at the end of the day, the yields will be better than the local or peasant farmers that you used to have around town. Now, where is that today? Are the workers, even who are working there, happy? When someone has constituted himself as the only authority in a system where you're supposed to have subordinates that work with you to make that system work. Emeka, ASTC, for instance, I will continue to talk about that ASTC. The reason why I do that anytime I come on air, and I'm happy you ask this question, is the state government invested our money. Because it is not government's money, our money. Ten billion naira was invested in the establishment of ASTC. Go to ASTC today. There is nothing there. I repeat, there is nothing there. If you go to ASTC in Casa, it's dead. If you go to the one in Vom, it's dead. The only one you get to see something is the one in Mangu. And of course, a lot of things have been moved to where? We don't know. There are people who have considered themselves to become the only authority there where they auction government properties to themselves. Mm. <laughs> During the COVID-19 uh, drama, I call it drama, but not the COVID-19. Uh, you recall we were asked to stay in our houses because yes. the virus were moving like human beings. Yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, this same government decided that they were going to fumigate everywhere in the state. Mm-hmm. Emeka, mm-hmm. $500 naira Just to fumigate. For fum- for was used to fumigate Plateau State. And when I say Plateau State, we're talking about just Bukuru Metropolis. Yes, because I was in Mangu that period. I was in Namu that period. There was no, there was no, no fumigation. fumigation. Now, now, now you can see what we're talking about. Now, if that amount of money was put to good use, I'm not sure you want to fumigate the streets of just with 500 million. Why would I ASTC. ASTC. Was because that, of, because that, of our time, that was the arm of government mm. or the, the ministry. No, not the ministry. That was the agency of government that was used to fumigate. You then ask, if 500 million was given to ASTC, where is the 500 million? My question is... The what workers in ASTC, look at the looting that's happening there. People just sit down here and think we just want to criticize. I'm going to come to other sectors. I'm particular about ASTC because when you invest 10 billion in a project... You have to see the reward. It is... It is expected that in two, three, four, five years, you should begin to see dividends of that investment. Eight years down the line, ASTC has not produced anything, Emeka. You and I used to buy ASTC product in junctions uh, scattered around. We we don't see them them anymore. anymore. They are no more. 
So it means right, your ten billion has gone down the drain. Some people have constituted themselves to be authority and are stealing and looting. These are the things we're going to be asking questions at the end of the day. That come May 29, the handover note given to this administration by the past administration mm. will be put side by side with what they are handing over at today. Workers in ASTC, for instance, whose pension contribution have been deducted since 2017, there is no remittance. Yeah. All right, Mr. Silas, I really have to call you short because we have to open the phone lines okay. for our callers to call now, in. Let me just add, the ASCC, 400 tractors were purchased. Mm -hmm. All of them, overnight, disappeared outside plant. You say, nobody has records. Mm -hmm. 400 tractors. <laughs> They're called virtual, virtual tractors. Virtual tractors. <laughs> 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 0905566699 and head on to our social media platform www.facebook.com for slash JFM Jaws and off Twitter at JFM Jaws. I'll take the numbers again. 90 5566699 or 0812187777. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Abigail. Good morning, good morning, our guest in the studio. Good morning. good morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? My name is Comrade Marcy Patrick Okoro Craft. I'm calling from Best Brand Central Blue Village, Anglo Just Plant to State, Nigeria. Right. Good morning, our guest. Good morning. You see, this issue, issue Nigeria is like this underemployment. You employ somebody to start work by seven, he or she will close by nine or seven or six. He or she will be paid eight thousand, ten thousand. Honestly speaking, the authorities should look into it. It's very disheartening. Mm. And it is required ghost workers. Who are the ghost workers? Who have been collecting their money? Government should look into this because and all those men and women who stay in the office to climb stake is a problem. Every month they continue, every continue changing their age. Mm. Age, 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 age. When you change your age, you're already 70, you come back and say you're 59 or 49. Mm. How would young graduates secure employment? Government are not looking to all these things. Everything is politics at all. Yeah. The mm. area, we, we, Nigeria is a country full of policies, policies, implementation, zero, 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 zero days. Yeah. Good morning. Happy work day to all Nigerians. Thank Have you so much. Good. Have a lovely day too. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 or zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Abigail. It's I'm calling you from Shaka. I right. Go ahead. Yes, uh, the thing we fail to understand in this nation is whatever affects whatever affects the economy affects everything. Mm -hmm. Just like a man that speaks immune system has gone down. You have a worker, you you have a worker, you are paying eighteen thousand minimum wage. Chef, when that minimum wage was increased to eighteen thousand, how much was the bag of rice? Mm -hmm. Your one year salary could buy you a Tokubo car. But compare it to today. That minimum wage can't even buy you a, bag, a half bag of rice. For God's sake. Look at what uh, the guest just said. The government invests 10 billion naira. Imagine if it were a private sector that invested that amount of money. Do you know the return they would have gotten now? Mm -hmm. The government itself is in the forefront of creating poverty. If you give the government resources, rather than using that money to create wealth, it will end up creating poverty. You employ people, you don't pay, you don't, you don't give their children education, you don't give them security, mm -hmm. you don't give them roads, no electricity, no transportation, nothing. Within that uh, amount, they are supposed to provide electricity for themselves, provide water, pay children's school fees, take care of health care, and you expect the nation to move forward. Where would they get money to spend in the economy? Where would they get money? Even if you share money, the yeah. value they create, the money you give to them, they still spend it back to the economy to build the economy. Yeah. But it's a where a government just have people that 
through that, that, that just align their pockets with government resources. Mm. They do not look at the consequences, for God's sake. And the government comes to say they want to alleviate uh, 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 poverty. You begin to give thousand naira to people. How much does a decent new cost, for God's sake? All right. We need to uh, move forward in this nation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for your contribution. Hello, good morning. Hello. Hello, good morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling good us Good morning. Dotun Fentola is my name. All right, Dotun, go ahead. You have 50 seconds, please. Yes, um, your program is quite interesting, especially the topic you're picking for this morning. Um, I, I think the whole of this thing has to do with system failure. Mm. Now, if you talk of civil servants and um, their salary scale, is there anything for these people at the end of their service year that will make them not to steal? For example, somebody rises to a position of a, of a, of a, of a palm sec or a director. Mm. He stays in a three-bedroom flat that is government-owned. At the end of the service, he's thrown away or, you know, he, he retires. And he cannot even afford a two-room two apartment for himself and his family. Mm. So how do you expect him not to begin to want to do something extra to secure his future and that of his children? And come to think of it, government and government institutions, like somebody mentioned about debt today. I don't know whether the, the people who run debt today really understand the principle of investment. All right. Because of our time, yes. we will yes. definitely have to stop you there. If you do not mind, right. okay, thank you. You, you so know, there's short term, there's short term, there is long term mm. uh, return on investment. Yeah, that they want to recoup all their money same day, and that's why they are killing the citizens with, with high bills. All right, thank you. Thank you so Good much morning. for your contribution. Good morning. We'll go to our social media page and take um comments before we get our reactions from our guests and their final words. On Facebook go. this morning, Inyam David says, Good morning, Demika and Abigail, and the guest. Happy Workers' Day to all workers out there. It is unfortunate that workers' welfare is not taken care of in this country. That is why we keep on hearing that doctors are flying out for better opportunity. Comrade Dawoos Longat Dawoos says, Well, happy new month and happy Workers' Day. But the big question is, are workers happy? Are those women trying to keep our road around clean happy? When their salaries has not been increased since during the administration of Senator um, Juna Jang, we pray that the incoming government should get it right. And my call to the governor-elect, you should please unite Plateau states, um, and that should be the one priority. And finally, Ayodeli Agbabiaka says the government should create an enabling environment for our citizens to be productive and learn from productive countries based on modern happenings in the economy. Finally, increase workers' pay and pay them as and when due and track all this increase in price of goods and services. All right, before we go, Mr. Silas, I'll give you 30 seconds to react to some of the comments and the calls and also your final words. Well, they, they, they also are entitled to their opinions. They are citizens of this country. They also see uh, from their own corners what exactly is happening within the system. Mm. Uh, so on, um, the, on the final note, uh, first, I would like to put it out there that the uh, outgoing administration should be very careful with the indiscriminate sale and auction of government properties. Uh, you are not the beginner and you will not be the end of government in Plateau State. Allow other governments to come and function. Mm. You don't loot and leave nothing. So they 
be seen as though they also don't have an idea of why they are coming into office. And to the average man on the street of Plateau, please be that whistleblower once you have your facts. If you see anything happening anywhere that is wrong within, it's our taxpayers' money. We need to shout. The problems I spoke about at ASTC are there. There are things you can go and prove. They are buying a cow for 2.5 million. Yet our dairy, I don't know, last time I saw uh, uh, the yogurt on the street. Mm. These are some of the issues. You're talking about Workers' Day. Government allows for unionism. In ASTC, there is no union. It was disbanded because they just decided to be part of a, a, a union uh, uh, engagement. And they were disbanded. So we need to sit down, talk to ourselves, and look beyond your office. There are other people who can do even better than what you think you're doing there. All right, Mr. Clement, in 30 seconds. All right, um, two things. First, for my welfare and every other worker in Nigeria, we will need the incoming government, particularly on the plateau, to look into security. Mm. Without that, there's no welfare. If I can't sleep, if you pay me two, uh, 10 million a month, and I, I, ca I can't sleep, somebody comes, kidnaps me, and collects the 10 million. It's useless. Mm. Somebody comes and kills all my family members. So now, we have a jackpot on the plateau, Operation Rainbow. National Assembly signed it, uh, okay, the law. Good luck, Jonathan, signed before he left office to give us a state the right to own a private security outfit. Other states were envious of us. I was thinking that was the beginning of the end of security crisis on Nigeria and Plateau State, but the government has not used that. So, incoming government, Barisakele Mutfang, look into Operation Rainbow, fund them, recruit more people, let the Israelis that set up the thing come and train them because they have the best security in the world, and then they can protect Plateau people. That's part of my welfare. Mm. Once I'm protected, I have an environment, I can do my business. Secondly, workers that have worked for 35 years and retired, or they reach 60 years of birth and retire from the state service, their gratuities and pensions have been owed for like 20, 30 years. The next government, come in, settle them. We have IGR, increase our IGR. Tourism is there. You collect subvention from Abuja, it, flu it fluctuates. Like they were, she just shared uh, eight days ago. It was money was shared seven forty six billion. Now, when you get that and your IGR, prioritize those retired workers, gratuities and pensions, right. because that is disservice to the entire humanity. Mm -hmm. Somebody has served and left the service, and he's still not getting what is expected. All so right. that's what I want the next government to do on the plateau. All right, well, thank you so much, Mr. Clement, um, for coming on the show, and thank you so much, Mr. Silas, for coming on the show. This was Let's Talk on your Superfair Good Radio Station J one hundred one point nine FM. My name is Abigail Seaman, and remember, in Yemi Alade's word, enjoyment is not for small children. And from Emeka Omisi. Stay out of trouble and spread love. And in the words of the popular philosopher, Potebo, make money before you love. The news comes up by 10 o'clock. Keep your eyes locked on to J101.9 FM. Good morning.